say foreign language this the 302nd episode glorious is what it is google lens we're gonna dive in it's pretty interesting you take a picture of say a lizard and it's gonna tell you what that lizard is if you haven't downloaded google lens i do recommend that you do that what exactly does it do if you take a picture of apparel and home goods you can find similar products and where to buy them so that's pretty neat Barcodes, you can use a barcode to find out info. It's barcode. Business cards, save the phone number or address to a contact. So easy for the business folks. Book, you can get a summary and read reviews. How cool is that? Go to Barnes & Noble with Google Lens. Kind of putts around event flyer or billboard. Add the event to your calendar. It's pretty neat. You're driving. You shouldn't do that, by the way. If you're driving, you shouldn't be on Google Lens. You didn't need me to tell you that. Landmark or building, you can see historical facts, hours of operation, and more. So that sounds like it pulls up a Google Maps listing. Painting a museum, you can read about the artists and learn more. Plant or animal, learn about the species or breed. And you can also translate screenshots in Chinese, French, German, Hebrew, Hindi, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Portuguese, and Spanish. So, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we have augmented reality glasses yet, you may be wondering. I just covered Facebook's partnership with Ray-Ban, and it just turns out it's going to be a more um, surreptitious, obfuscated way of taking a picture of somebody. Um, a lot of these glasses, what they're doing is, let's say these are augmented reality glasses. I hit the button to take a picture. It shines a light just so people realize that that's what's happening. But ultimately, um, we do not yet live in the world of augmented reality, and yet we have Google Lens. So explain that to me. Why is it that we have Google Lens on a phone, but we can't Bluetooth that information to glasses? Clearly, I don't understand this well enough, but it seems like we are very, very close um, because all you would need is some sort of Bluetooth functionality. You just need to take the computing power of the, of the phone and apply it to your face. Clearly, this is much more difficult than I give it credit for. But ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be in an augmented reality space shortly. Um, as Bo Burnham puts it, um, allowing a few companies to control uh, culture and for us to constantly being in it, to be inundated with the bubble that we create as a child. I mean, this is brand new stuff. So we can have conversations about what it means technologically, ethically, spiritually, and emotionally to be a kid, say, um, in the world of social media today. And when you put the augmented uh, glasses, uh, reality glasses onto your face, that is only going to be one step closer to what Facebook's referring to as the metaverse, which is fully virtual reality experience and there are people like i met someone the other day who does ticketing at the bellagio so all of their interactions are with other human beings face to face right that is not going to last very long um we probably got 20 more years of that before basically everything's going to be virtual anything that can be outsourced um by a large company they're going to have corporate profit incentives to do exactly that and google lens is somewhat of a it's also a precursor to um, massive changes in the education system. Can, can you imagine being a kid nowadays and you go to school and they're saying things like, oh, you know, I need you to memorize these 
capitals of you know certain nation or whatever and you you literally have all of the world's information in your pocket and you just have to ask yourself like how useful is it that i memorize things when i have the information available to me it's going to make this question more and more relevant um you i mean popularity and your ability to entertain um already has a massive effect on your ability to earn and so these poor kids i mean i love them this next generation they're going to do great i'm very positive about you know my, my outlook in terms of how life is going to be for them but oh my goodness gracious i mean can you imagine because popularity has always been tied in some way shape or form to money this has been the case ever since julius caesar um and before so popularity and money have always been intrinsically connected but now when it's in your pocket and it's in your face all of the time it is no surprise to me that the simone bios of the world are talking about mental health hey guess what mental health hey guess what mental health because if you live in the world of my ability to put food on the table is directly correlated to how much you like me now i have to play the game of okay how do i get more of you to like me and appreciate me and, and this sort of thing and it's sales one to one and people have been doing sales forever so the point i'm making is, is that these augmented reality glasses that people are going to put on their faces shortly through what we understand about google lens already is going to have a fundamental paradigm shift in terms of information and education so if you walk down the street all of a sudden you are the world's leading uh, plant expert you know what i mean you'll be walking through the forest and you'll go i can eat that one i can't eat that one right i mean there there may be google um, imagine this okay so you are walking through a trail and uh you are on google lens like eco mode and it's telling you you know like certain types of like things you can do to lower greenhouse gas emissions by doing searches using acacia for example if you've never heard of acacia it's a search engine that plants trees right so you could for example be walking in a nature trail and then say, okay, I will allow ads to pop into my world that tell me all about hiking boots and you know touristy sorts of things as I make it through this trail. And as you do that, as you are allowed uh, these ads into your world, seen through the lenses of these augmented reality glasses, all of a sudden you just planted a tree. Do you see what I'm saying? This is the path forward because advertising, adverte in Latin means to turn towards, as we put the machines onto our face, if we can connect that directly to things like planting trees and you know social this, that, or other, pick your charity, then the ads themselves become a force for good. And I know based on Bo Burnham's inside that it's a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, like as it stands today, like I'm a brand ambassador, okay? And then I'm gonna go in and tell Wheat Thins how they need to take a stand against insert your social cause here. Like I understand the the like the hypocrisy, right? Because you go in to a situation like that and you say, okay, Wheat Thins, we're gonna run a series of Facebook ads. These ads are gonna be geared towards the fact that you're giving away this, that, and the other thing and we expect sales to increase by x okay that's the hypocrisy so that's let's put that over here and talk about 
walking through space, allowing ads in as a way to promote some social thing. This is very interesting to me. And how can you expect a six-year-old to be that interested in memorizing information? Especially even now, like I have kids, they're doing this. I understand it. The education system has been, it's been out of date for about 10 or 15 years, honestly, since the internet has been born. And we've managed to, because education is so slow moving, to have like smart whiteboards. That's the big thing. Or like our kids now have Chromebooks. Like that's all we've managed to do. Um, which I get it. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying that that's where we're at. When things like augmented reality glasses hit the marketplace, and again, you can look around and in one human lifetime have never memorized the amount of things that you can simply have access to using something like Google Lens strapped to your face. Well, then it's, it's like education has to fundamentally change. It has to be a fundamentally different thing because now you're talking about ethics and morality and what people do with this kind of information. What do you do when you are an expert? Like say, for example, there will come a time when you will be able to diagnose your car's problem and fix it yourself. So like, for example, you pull open your car's hood, you look down with your augmented reality glasses and they say, go give me this angle, move this way, move that way. And then it goes, oh, you have this common issue. And then it immediately pulls up Amazon, for example, because Amazon will pay to be the one that it automatically goes to. And it says, do you want to order this replacement part? Like nod for yes, shake your head for no, or hit a button or take out your phone or punch in your code or whatever. And then all of a sudden the, the part's coming in and you don't even know how to put it in. You have no idea. And the part arrives, you've got your glasses on, you look back under the hood and you go, oh, all right. So it says, it literally has like a hand going like in the augmented reality. And it's like, put your hand here. Like, and it knows your exact hand. So you, you know what I mean? So it's not even like, it's some sort of like virtual, like clunky, you know, 1980s pixelated hand. It's a literally an image of your hand, which it's memorized and it, the depth of the everything. And then you put your hand in the exact position. It's like a YouTube video of you. And now you're doing the thing. You literally do it and then it's solved. And so now you're a mechanic because at the end of the day, what is, what does it mean to be a mechanic that's worked for 30 years? You have through your eyes, the ability to solve these problems. And that's precisely the sort of thing that Google Lens is moving towards. And so we will become more and more powerful, more and more able. I mean, literally, you could take this and you could you could look at surgical applications, right? So the, the Google Lens will be able to see where blood is coming from and, and start telling you things like, no, check the this. Like I, it, with 86% certainty, we believe that the XYZ has a hemorrhage, right? And then you move in, assuming that we don't have robots just doing the whole thing anyway. And so for everyone that's interested in business and advertising, no, today, I suppose it's not relevant. I get it. But we are very quickly moving into this space where billboards will be blank, all of the advertisements that you see everywhere will not be there anymore as things like Google Lens become ubiquitous and then free spaces are filled with ads and you'll have to pay to get the ads out of your life. So people who are poor will be inundated constantly with ads because it'll be a way for them to make social currency bucks 
via decentralized Bitcoin-esque cryptocurrency. And the rich will be able to enjoy, you know, things that look nicer through their AR glasses. And when your glasses break, it'll feel like your eyes exploded. You know, it'll be like, oh, I have to go live in this world. And this, of course, is only the external world. When you go into your house, you're going to have a full 100% VR experience. It's going to be just inside the machine. And so we will truly understand that a design from an intelligence can be something that you exist in, which I believe is what we are currently in existing in now. Google ends. It's just the start. Apple, Google, Amazon spying on you, according to this article. All links to all articles are right there in, in the description. A federal judge has given a green light for class action lawsuit claiming that Apple's Siri voice assistant violates users' privacy. Well, why do they feel that way? Uh, earlier this month, U.S. District Judge Jeffrey White said the plaintiffs would be allowed to move forward with lawsuits trying to prove that Siri routinely recorded their private conversations because of accidental activations. There we have it. So, accidental activations. Number one, what the heck is that? Number two, uh, can these devices listen to us? Obviously, they can. Have you had the moment in your life where you think, am I being recorded right now? Am I not being recorded? Where is that information going? Friends of mine and I decided to get off of Facebook Messenger because we, according to the research, realized that those conversations are used for ads. Of course they are. Hey, you know, I heard your baby this, this, and that. Oh, your son that, your mother this, your pa-pa-pa. All that is helpful in demographic targeting. Like if you know that somebody's pregnant via a message on Facebook Messenger, Facebook has every incentive in the world to use that to help Johnson & Johnson market to you. And before you get all crabby and think, oh, Johnson & Johnson have all the feelings about major corporations, it's also relevant for the small entrepreneur who's using Facebook as well. So it's easy to look at companies like Facebook and we instantly go to this sort of Fortune 500 vibe. I only work with small companies. And so if I'm able to better target for you know a minority-owned, woman-owned, small business selling hair care products, and Facebook's algorithm has helped me identify the fact that this person uses a wig and, and my client sells wigs, then you also have to put that into your frame of reference too. It's not just major corporation exploiting Facebook for massive amounts of profit. It's also small entrepreneurs who are trying to get outside of the system, create generational wealth for their themselves and their future generations using this as the tool of the modern era. That's also true. So both things can exist simultaneously. The path to true liberation is filled with paradoxes. So yes, does Siri record? Yeah, you bet they do. Uh, I mean, I get this accidental sort of activations issue. What does that mean? I get it. Okay, fine. Um, should you be worried? How do you protect yourself? Look, I mean, I hate to say it, but I live almost as if everything all the time is constantly being recorded. I mean, I feel like from time to time to time, I have to go into my room with the cell phone, like out of the room, no electronics. And then I can just sort of, you know, feel like I actually have privacy. This, of course, um, is, uh, is something that, you know, you're familiar with as a human being in 2021, the New York post Twitter to let bot accounts self-identify as good robots. Are you a good bot or a bad bot in a small step against disinformation? Twitter introduced a new feature on Thursday to let good bot accounts self-identify as such and receive 
a profile label to alert others to their kind robot status. The initiative is meant to help distinguish AI-driven accounts, which provide useful information from spammy ones. Huh. So if you are using AI to, for example, deliver curated content about all of the eco-friendly places that you can go and when you purchase from them, you you support the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions and solar production, all that sort of thing, then yeah, that's a bot and that's fine. And if those sorts of things can get approved, what it does is it allows Twitter to be able to go in and take bot-like algorithms that are garbage and it's a dumpster fire on Twitter, obviously, of this sort of abuse, then what ends up happening is Twitter can be more aggressive against bots. So it's almost like get a driver's license. That way we know you can actually drive. When it comes to automation on Twitter, get verified bot account. We don't care that you're a bot account. Not a problem. We just need to know that you're one of the, one of the good ones, you know, that you're not trying to like sell horrific you know, you know what I'm saying? All the garbage that goes out there. Facebook to buy $100 million worth of unpaid invoices from 30,000 small businesses owned by women and minorities. So this is sort of what I was talking about earlier with the whole brand awareness thing. Like we're Nabisco and we support the fight against Lyme disease. This sort of, I mean, it's, it's age old, but in the modern day, it's become even more ubiquitous. You can see this two ways. There are two ways to, to look at this. Obviously, there's more than that. But here are the two ways that I'll, I'll discuss. Number one, amazing. If you are one of the people that that gets part of the, this $100 million for un, unpaid invoices and you're a woman and a minority or a woman or whatever, um, then yes, you are absolutely thrilled. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's fantastic. It's a lifesaver. It's everything. Um, on the other hand, if if you are uh, looking at this cynically, you would see that this is just a great way for Facebook to do PR. Can it be both? Sure. Facebook announced a $100 million commitment to a program that supports small businesses owned by women and minorities by buying up their outstanding invoices. I like that idea of buying out outstanding invoices because at least it's sort of this like, you know, look, it, as a small business owner, that's a pain point. You know, you're waiting for it. Is it ever going to come? It finally does. Fantastic. Great. Uh, by buying up outstanding invoices, the Facebook invoiced fast track program puts money in the hands of small businesses that would have otherwise had to wait weeks, if not months to get paid by their customers. If they ever do get paid, Facebook estimates the program will support approximately 30,000 small businesses. I don't know how you fight against fraud in this sort of thing. I really don't how because invoices are the easiest thing to create on planet earth you just create one and then you say this exists and that's that so how they're going to divvy up the money i don't know but we'll see top 12 most common content marketing mistakes to avoid to the nitty-gritty of marketing search engine journal.com number one not publishing blog content on a regular basis clearly we want to publish with consistency everyone knows this Ignoring email and SMS marketing opportunities. So email spam is rough. Everyone knows that email spam is can be very painful. Um, and at the end of the day is, you know, do you want to be just one more email spammer? You have to be very, very, very good at it. You have to be selective. Um, but it is still relevant. I don't know about 
your content per se, I feel like emails should be very specific and, and very geared towards offering something of extreme value because again, email lists are so annoying. SMS marketing opportunities for a lot of small businesses, it makes sense. If you're a plumber, you can be like, here's a picture of your technician and they are on the way. It's not just sales. It's everything you can do. Let's say you've texted them four times, like thank you for your uh, appointment on XYZ date. Here is the person that will be coming. Your tech is 10 minutes away. Your tech has arrived. Hey, please leave us a review. Do you see what I'm saying? Now it makes a little bit more sense because you've given so much value. The opportunity to get that review is going to go up considerably. Failing on social media, really? I cannot believe that is one of these. Forgetting to proofread. If you don't proofread your blog content, I don't know what to tell you. Not utilizing SEO best practices, titles, meta tags, etc. Really, long form content, according to this dude with two thumbs, is incredibly important as the vast majority of people who write content write three to 400 word blog posts. If you do that, you are like 95% of the people out there. It is much, much harder to write 800 to 1200 word blog posts to put customized imagery in those blog posts to take time to film a video and embed that video onto that blog to really make long in-depth, super helpful content by way of the written word, etc. Not so easy. You're going to want to do that. And that is exactly what they just mentioned here. Pushing quantity over quality ain't going to work. Ain't going to work. In 2014, the average amount of time spent writing a blog post was two hours and 24 minutes. 2020, the average time was three hours and 55 minutes. That just goes to show that publishing irrelevant content is not helpful at all. Not having content goals, failing to optimize for mobile. Interesting. So speed test is a big, 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 big deal. If you don't optimize your website for speed, it's going to be very tricky to get people to stick on the page. SEO is going to suffer. And so, yes, you're going to want to run a speed test and you're going to want to make sure that you've optimized that blog for mobile um, on average, Americans check their phones 262 times every day. That's once per 5.5 minutes. 52% say they've never gone beyond 24 hours without their cell phone. So yeah, there you have it. Let's recap. Google Lens shows us how the world is going to be an augmented reality world. Okay. Uh, if you haven't downloaded Google Lens, I do recommend that you do that so that you can get a sense of the fact that your eyes are going to become the search engine shortly. This will change advertising forever. And um, just because we have to literally hold up the phone at this point, just goes to show that in five, 10, 15, 20 years, we are going to be seeing a completely different technological landscape by way of glasses on our face. Those that can afford those glasses are gonna have access to a lot more information than those that do not. And it is going to get real wild real quick. Apple, Apple, Google, Amazon spying on you lawsuit claims. We get it. Sometimes Siri goes off accidentally. And who knows um, how many times, um, you know, they get this data and, you know, glitches and hacks. And I'm just saying, you know, if I say things around my cell phone, I assume it could be heard. Twitter to let bot accounts self-identify as good robots. I like this. So Twitter can crack down on the garbage. I get it. CNBC.com, Facebook to buy $100 million worth of unpaid invoices. That's a nice PR strategy for them. And of course, it's an amazing thing for people to, to receive. If you're one of those people, bless you. Last but not least, common content marketing mistakes to avoid. It's all about that long form. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for swinging by the show today. If you want to show some love, youtube.com forward slash send it rising, S-E-N-D-I-T-R-I-S-I-N-G.com 
Ah, not .com, youtube.com forward slash Thunder Rising. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Deezer. We're on all these different podcast platforms. Podcast platforms. If you want to support us, just go download like 70 of them. <laughs> if you want to support the channel, just type in marketing as a foreign language into iTunes or Spotify or one of these things and just go on a download spree. It's very helpful. Helps with the algorithm. Any place you can leave a review, you know, you guys know how to support the channel. I really do appreciate all the love. We are in episode 302. Leah Morrison, shout out. She writes, thanks, Kellen. Are you still doing Tai Chi classes? Yes, I am. Hope you are having a wonderful week. Solista Park, 5.30 p.m. If you want to join us there. Leah Morrison, thanks for swinging by the show today. And to everyone listening, we genuinely appreciate it. Thanks so much. And we'll see you all next time.